Hey, this is Frank. I can't come to the phone right now. At the tone, you know what to do. Hey Frank, it's Dave from the Deep Centile podcast. Been listening for a while, haven't called in before. Uh, listening to your musings about the black and white line art style dungeon. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just find it really aesthetically pleasing. I love it in books. I love it. I love a really nicely formatted, uh, simple book that just has sort of Corrier font and then really nice black and white line art and the, and the black and white dungeons. I've also got a real kind of, I don't know what it is, I get a real aesthetic thrill. Um, don't do much online games. Gaming, but I had a virtual tabletop for a while, 3D virtual tabletop, and I really liked uh, a nice crisp black and white dungeon, then with nicely defined sort of 3D colour miniatures. There's just something about that juxtaposition that makes it look like you've got your minis set out uh, on the page of a book uh, that I get a real thrill uh, out of, and I think other people do. Hey Frank, Jason here, just calling about your latest podcast. For virtual tabletops, I like to be able to see the whole encounter on the screen at once. All the combatants. Um, I mean, there might be exceptions to that, but generally, so that would, you know, depending how big or small you make them. Um, You know, it's funny, you talk about easy tools and the way, you, you know, somebody at home trying to set them up. For some reason, I flashbacked when I was in the Army during the 90s. And we used to do load plans. So you'd have your Humvees, and, we, and you, you have to do load plans of where everything is in the back of the vehicle and stuff. And um, so the big rage, because we were getting computers into the unit and all, personal computers, you know, into the unit, PCs, we would have to do use PowerPoint. And, you know, it was back, you know, in the 90s, you know, PowerPoint's a made death, right? So we would have to do it. PowerPoint schematic of where the layout is, where everything was packed, packing plan. And they had little pictures of everything, and they had the Humvee, you know, outline there on the PowerPoint slide, and you'd have to move everything and arrange it just perfectly and number it, and you'd have a sheet that goes with it, you know, saying what each numbered thing is, and for some reason I just thought about that. Um, Anyway, as far as writer's block or any kind of artistic block goes... Stick with what you know. You have to expand your horizon sometimes, try new things. But if you get stuck just and you have to get a product out, just stick with what you know and knock it out. may not be your best work, but you'll hit the deadline, right? Anyhow, talk to you later. Sorry this ran so long. Take it easy. Bye. You're listening to Frank T's Liner Notes, an informal, irregular podcast where I will think out loud about map design, papercraft terrain, game theories, projects I'm working on, and in general, letting loose the voices inside my head. This week's design diary is going to be a little bit of a change of pace. I had the opportunity 
this weekend to sit down and play with the Diary of a Middle School Freak game that I've been working on with my kids. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I realized that mostly I am discussing 2D and 3D and papercraft terrain and battle maps and my journey as I am creating those. And I will continue that, but I really had a lot of fun. And I also think that I may have finalized the game system or the resolution mechanics that I want to start off with. As well, something that has really been bugging me since I mentioned it several weeks ago is the tier two offerings and what can I do to fix that? I'm really considering some changes in my Patreon format and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Okay, so first off, some general housekeeping. In giving some thought to what I could give to the tier two backers that would be valuable. So this has been bugging me. I, I, I just don't know what to give the tier two backers that would be valuable. And unfortunately, I haven't gotten very much feedback other than, yes, I, everyone that I have spoken to on the matter is in agreement with me that gridded maps are not a huge benefit for an extra dollar fifty a month. What I'm thinking of doing I'm going to change the tier structure so that the tier two patrons are essentially uh, a mix of what tier one and tier two currently is. So tier two would be maps with grids, without grids, as well as a PDF file. Tier three would get layered PDFs as well as the layered Photoshop file and tier one. Now, this is the tricky part because I'm not going to alienate the current tier one patrons. What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to make that a, I'm gonna rename that as a tier 1.75 or a 1.5 and grandfather all of those supporters into the tier two group so get in early before i change it you'll get the tier two benefits at a tier one rate and then the tier one group would be any free maps that i release you would get as a non-watermark map as well as early access to the digital diary so that would be more or less a tier for folks who just want to support the liner notes podcast and get early access to my thoughts as well as uh, access to the private channel on the discord and that's something that all of the tiers get access to
This weekend I had the opportunity to do some playtesting on the Diary of a Middle School Freak game that I have slowly been working on. It's been on the back burner for a couple weeks, maybe a month or so. Designing this game has been a challenge. The main challenge, the main challenge that I perceived originally was what system do I want to use? Now, of course, being a Savage Worlds Ace, uh, which is a fancy name for a Savage Worlds licensee, I thought, you know, I should probably use my favorite game, Savage Worlds. Well, I think that for some of my kids, at least one, my oldest, who has been playing RPGs with me for the longest, he, we actually used to play some very munchkin-style dungeon crawls back in the day. He would line up the creatures, and basically it was just an arena battle between him and whatever creatures he decided to use. And... I think at the time he was five or six. But one of the things that I noticed was that while he was excited about using Savage Worlds, the main excitement came mostly in the use of bennies and in the use of exploding dice. When I started designing Diary of a Middle School Freak, I was working on a stripped-down version of Savage Worlds, and I thought that would be the game that I would likely use as the chassis for Diary of a Middle School Freak. And that's where I started, but I had been, I've really been struggling with implementing that. I've also been struggling with how simple I can make the game. And then, of course, there's always the idea of how far can you take a system and change it before it is no longer that original system. And I think that would make an excellent topic for future discussion. over the past couple weeks in playing around with the game, working with the character generation and discussing ideas, I've really started to think about system and creating a setting and designing a new game on top of a particular setting is very challenging. And not only was I trying to design a game and place it on top of a particular system, I was also, in essence, redesigning a system. Now, looking back, I've realized that that wasn't the easiest path, and I should really be looking at 
using a system that is already in place, something that works already. And I'm really favoring systems that are more or less skills-based systems. I feel that those systems tend to work better for games that are not combat heavy. And while there will be some aspect of that in this game, I think this game will also have a lot of social conflict and inner conflict. I wanted to have something that was more generic and more rounded as opposed to the adventure style game. Savage Worlds is still on the table, but what I have concluded is that I need to start with the simplest system that I know and work from there. If I work with the simplest system, it becomes easier to create a foundation and then from that foundation expand to other systems and perhaps even add a little bit more detail. In a lot of ways, it's how I do illustrations. It's how most people work with art. They, they create a simple version and then start to add detail from there. You start with some simple shapes, blocking in shapes, and then from the shapes, you then start to add more detail. And then from there, you begin to work out the details of shadows and highlights. In a way, I'm doing the very same thing with game design. One of the first things that I did was I looked at what was the thing that excited my kids the most, and that was the superpower. As soon as I said, what is your superpower? Everybody jumped on board. So the most important thing is, what is your superpower and how did you discover your superpower? I liked the, the idea of asking questions to create a character so that we are designing the character from a concept before we are even looking at the resolution system. So I wanted to really get a taste for those characters and I wanted the players to have an investment in those characters. My original concept was, what's your superpower? How did you get it? And then a list of other traits that you have, skills or some sort of background item that you are able to use to give you some sort of advantage. And the other thing that I thought was important, because my original design was based on Savage Worlds, I, I felt that they needed to have some sort of hindrance. 
but I wanted to make it something simpler. And I was again, drawing inspiration from Dungeon Craft and how Professor Dungeon Master sets up new players to play D&D. And a large part of how he does character creation is through asking certain questions. And one of those questions is a, a hindrance. So I thought I would have some fun with it and I'd call it an uh-oh. I'd say, you know, what is the thing that you absolutely cannot do or the thing that always gets you in trouble? The character needed to have a superpower, how they discovered their superpower, the other everyday skills that they might have, and the thing that always gets them into trouble. Looking at that, it became easy for me then to say, I should be able to lay this onto any system. Now, I rambled on for a good 40 minutes, and to keep the microburst a microburst and not to bore everybody to death, I'm going to break this up into multiple parts. So over the next couple of weeks, I will be adding this game design of Diary of a Middle School Freak portion of the design diary to the next couple of future episodes of the design diary. Now, if you've made it this far, I'd like to thank you for listening to me ramble on. I would like to thank all of those people who support me, especially my two latest patrons, Mark S. and Angus, who you may recognize from such phenomenal podcasts as Kirby Skits, a monthly comics journey devoted to select readings of quality graphic novels and comic books. In all seriousness, Kirby's Kids is a fantastic podcast. Uh, Ray Otis and Angus pick a superhero of the month or a graphic novel of the month. I think it's a superhero of the month, but there's usually a graphic novel ser or a series of comics that they will review and go relatively deep into the background of the graphic novel or comic series, as well as the history behind it, and a lot of little Easter eggs, if there are any. And it's fascinating and really cool. I had been out of comics for quite some time, and unfortunately, they are costing me money because now I am really considering getting a Marvel subscription. Thanks, Angus. You better up your pledge. Hey, Frank, sounds like you got a cool project there going with your Sky High slash Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles slash... Uh 
uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid game. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend a show. I think it was on for like three seasons called Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Uh, my kids love that show. Uh, we, as adults, enjoyed that show. It's it's uh, slightly silly and slightly serious and funny, and it's all about teachers and their weird ways and and uh, the kids, you know, learning how to cope with that. Uh, just good characters and good fun. They brought it up at the dinner table last night, and my kids are now 19 and 15, so they still remember it pretty fondly. I But uh, you might check that out, and your kids might enjoy it. Thanks for listening to today's Microburst. Frank T's Liner Notes is an audio notebook of my personal ideas and thoughts as an independent game designer, artist, and father who games with his family. If you have any thoughts of your own on anything that I talked about today, please message me. I will have all of the important contact information in the show notes. Remember, your ideas make my ideas better.